welcome back to The Right Heart, a Catholic podcast where we chat about the questions and struggles of the everyday life of faith. You are listening to episode 20. I'm Erin Franco, a Catholic wife and mother of three. My fantastic husband, Michael, keeps me grounded and is the reason I get to be here in the studio recording the show for you tonight, because he is being super dad and holding the fort down at home. I would love to hear what inspires you, what challenges you, what encourages you in the show today. You can shoot me an email, leave a review, learn more about me, find show notes for the podcast, and check out my blog, Humble Handmade, all at AaronFranco.com. So I started this podcast thinking that my audience would mostly be women, which is still true, but I have been pleasantly surprised to find that I have a good number of men listening in on the show as well. So this episode is my very first one that is really just for the guys. My guest today is Jim Havens. He's a Catholic lay minister in Florida. He's a husband and father of four. And actually, I found out today that he and I have been married to our respective spouses for about seven years, both of us. So I think this will be a neat episode because we both have kind of a similar time of experience to draw from. So, Jim, welcome to The Right Heart. I am so glad to have you come on the podcast tonight. Thank you, Erin. I'm happy to be here. Thank you. I asked Jim to come on the show and give advice to young dads. His blog, which I don't think I mentioned yet, is CatholicFamilyMen.com. He shares wisdom from the saints that applies to marriage and family life, especially for fathers, which I thought was awesome. There are a million Catholic mommy bloggers, it seems like, but very few guys are out there, it seems like, in comparison putting out this kind of helpful content. So I was really excited to find his blog, which he actually just started this spring and has been doing really well, I think. And I think he's going to have a lot of great information and humble and practical wisdom for the guys tonight. So, Jim, would you say something that I kind of suspect on my end, which is that I think it's harder for young fathers to find community, to kind of find guys to give them advice who are maybe a couple of steps ahead of them in the young marriage, the young parenthood game? I can just speak personally. I think it is more difficult. I think it it is a big challenge because it's a great need to find a mentor who's a few steps ahead that can really help you to find out what what you don't know, really to learn those things that that you're not even aware of that you don't know, and um, and to speak some good wisdom into your life. So, yeah, it's very, very important. I think it's very challenging. And I would say for me, it's, it's one thing I like about... Uh, about listening to blogs, even blogs like, like yours, and 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 blogs lis- listening to podcasts like yours, and um, and podcasts. I, I really am, am into podcasts, I guess, more than reading blogs. And one of the reasons why I think is because it is um, it is relational, even though it's not. I guess that real life, you know, sitting next to the person. There's still something very intimate about radio, about listening to uh, to a podcast as well, and and there's something about that for me that I think really taps into my my need for community. And and while I'm seeking out more and more good community in regular life, um, it also helps to I guess supplement a little bit by hearing some wisdom from others um, through various podcasts. And that's what I really like about your podcast and about other podcasts that are similar to yours in the way that uh, that they take you're, you're taking wisdom you're taking truth 
um, that, that we know is rock solid, and you are, you're, you're talking about how do we live this out? How do we live this out in our ordinary lives today? And that's the kind of, of, of information and, and experience that I just think is very important for people to be having those conversations. And, and, and far too often, I think, in, in our different circles that, that, we, that we travel in or different conversations that we have, it can be difficult, even with really good, I think, well-formed Catholic people, to even get to, to the deeper conversation. Maybe not for women as much, but I would say for men. And, and it's just a challenge, I guess, to, to go deeper and, and to open yourself, to be a little bit more vulnerable and, and talk on that level. And I look for other guys that also like that, because I think some guys, they just, they're not used to that. They haven't experienced that. And it can be a real struggle uh, to get to a more vulnerable vulnerable place to go to that deeper level. Um, so, yeah, I think it's probably a bit more natu- natural for the feminine genius, um, but it is still a, a very important thing, I think, for every man to be able to develop and, and have those deeper relationships. And, you know, I, I think it's really easy in those first few years of marriage and parenthood to feel like you really need to buckle down and stay home and help your wife or help your husband and be with the children and these babies that needs so much from us but it really is so important like you said you had such great points about that need for community and I I feel like I learned pretty early on I guess in early marriage and parenthood that my husband was a happier guy whenever he got out semi-regularly to go be with great guy friends solid guy friends and so that's something that has actually blessed me as well because when I push him out the door and I kind of take that initiative, that leadership in the relationship to say, this is good for you. I am happy to stay home and make this very small in the grand scheme of things sacrifice so that you can go have this good for you. Mm-hmm. It comes back for me. And whenever I need to go out with my girlfriends or I need to go do this or that, I guess it's just easier. It's easier when we're both kind of letting each other go out the door every once in a while. So very, very good point there. I actually wanted to point listeners to one of my first podcast episodes that I did on the idea of family dinner, uh, which was basically the idea is you get together with other young families regularly for a casual potluck meal. One of the great fruits of doing that early on in my marriage was that my husband Michael and myself really made some friendships and kind of were able to go to that deeper level with people that shared our values and knew what was going on in our lives kind of week to week. So it's really a neat idea to to do or adapt to your own community and be a leader in your community if you need to as well. Jim, I wanted to ask you a really hard question, but you just go at it for me. When you become a, a father, you kind of get this idea you're not just, you know, the two of you, you and your wife. You have a family now, and you are supposed to be the head of this family and be the leader of this family So what does that look like in everyday life when you have a little bitty baby, a newborn, or you have young children? For you, what did that switch start to entail practically over time? Yeah, I guess it's an an assessment of the greater responsibility that you carry. So yeah, I I think that uh, when you get married and you really become responsible for another person in, in, in a more dramatic way, where the, the uh, husband and wife are really responsible for one another 
and for leading one another, and then in different ways, of course, that are complementary. And that whole mystery, I'm still trying to understand. But um, <laughs> me too. <laughs> but um, there is certainly a greater weight that uh, I know I could I could feel uh, a greater weight a greater weight to it, a greater weight to the responsibility. It's kind of interesting that that God gives you several months to be able to to kind of, I guess, uh, lean into the development of that greater and greater responsibility. And, and I guess that continues, that responsibility. What are the different needs of this child as they're growing? And, and I think that's where I look, is what are the needs of my wife? What are the needs of my children? And how am I called um, to really engage and to seek to, to serve those needs and to, and to help them to protect and provide? And um, ultimately, God is our protector. God is our provider. God is our leader. Um, but as a, as a husband and father, um, you really want to you want to receive that provision from God, so that His provision, His guidance, His leadership can really flow through. And that's certainly easier said than done. But it's something to I think keep the keep an eye on and, and try to stay focused on that and make that a high priority. And if you're thinking through that lens, then in, in a practical way, I guess it's certain things like life changes, you know, when your responsibilities change, your, your life changes. I know when I was a, a single guy that, um, that there were things that I enjoyed doing that with greater responsibility in family life, you, you really have to make a choice and understand, well, that doesn't fit into my responsibilities anymore. God meets you in that, and, and he guides you along the way. Oh my goodness, Jim. So I had so many great questions come to mind when you were just saying all of that. So awesome. So let me kind of unpack that a little bit uh, with some questions I was thinking of. So first of all, I love that we dove a little bit already into that idea of uh, of you as a provider for your family. I know every family is can be very different and there are different working and financial situations, but what is... What is a right heart for, um, you know, for lack of a better word, for a provider of a family to have as far as that balance between I have to provide X amount of money, that is the only amount that is acceptable, or, you know, and on the other end, you know, trusting in divine providence. Where have you been kind of in that journey of being okay with what God is providing, the job he's provided you with, and your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, that. That's a great question that requires a lot of reflection um, for me, I, I think, to really to dive into. I mean, as you're saying it, it's like I could take that and do some examination of conscience for a while. Um, but, but as you say it, I got big one. <laughs> I like to do that on the podcast. Just throw <laughs> these big ones at you guys, <laughs> which is great. So yeah, keep asking great questions because I think that's the, the source of so much. If you're asking the right questions, that's really going to lead you to the right answers. I guess for me in being a provider, it's, it's a, resp- it's a disposition of humble faith that we want to receive this. We want to be formed by this. And that is where we can most provide for others, where I can most provide for my wife, where I can most provide for my child, is being a man of reality, being a man who is formed in what is true, being a man that is formed in the life of God. I think one of the biggest struggles for a man, I, think, I know one of the biggest struggles for me, is providing financially for your family and thinking about mm-hmm. how that all works. In the end, it was like, well... 
this is what I believe God's calling me to, so I have to say yes to it. And, and I think there have just been so many moments like that down, um, down the path for me, where it has been really a choice of, well, I can try to do it the way that seems prudent or the way that God is telling me, and that's most prudent. And mm-hmm. so that's a difficult, that can be a difficult thing to discern. And for me, um, in the end, I guess, while it has been a struggle to discern at times, in the end, I guess, it, it's always been fairly, a fairly clear discernment. Well, you know, what I, what I hear from you, though, is that to lead your family, you need to be a man on a mission, and you need to be on the right mission, and you need to be on the mission that is leading to heaven. And ultimately, like what you were saying, your priority is to get your, you and your family to heaven, to grow your children in grace and in character and in uh, stature before the Lord. And, and sometimes that's going to look crazy to the world. Michael and I, my husband and I have been there. We have been super crazy looking to the world <laughs> over and over again. Um, it's, it's just sometimes it's really hard living out. I know for us it's been living out that um, follow, you know, when you follow Christ, sometimes you're going to look like a fool to the world. But, um, but I think part of being a man on a mission, being a couple, a united couple on a mission is trusting that if you are doing what you think God wants you to be doing in each moment in each year with each child, whatever it is, um, you just have to rest in that after a while, because God is going to honor if with the, you know, the purest intentions that you can, possibly bring up with the best discernment that you you and your husband or wife together can do that God's going to honor that and he's going to work it all together for your good mm-hmm. so I definitely heard that and also just that idea of uh, conversion every day conversion all the time back to what your mission is as a man as a leader of your family and as a Christian is so important once you have um, the baby and the family to provide for and the marriage that is breathtakingly hard so often, so soon, you really have to know who you're serving. And I wanted to ask you, Jim, if you had some practical advice for young dads or young fathers, even if you're an older new dad, too. I mean, not every young man is going to be a young father, and we obviously know that. Mm-hmm. What would you advise a young guy, young father, to really focus on or not forget about the marriage part of things once the babies come along, once things get a little bit hard, a little bit tougher? I, I guess I would, I would say the thing that I think would be best to focus on is really kind of just really being best friends with your spouse. You know, I, that, that helps me, that concept, that category of just coming back to that. Like, this is my best friend. Like you're on and, the same team. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. what we and say. That, yeah, yeah. Same team, for sure. And, um, and yeah, being, being able to, I think, be honest with one another. Um, to me, honesty is like one of the greatest um, the greatest things going. It's like the greatest virtue, one of the greatest virtues, I think, because um, everything kind of flows from um, from honesty, I think. If you're honest with yourself, if you're honest with God, if you're honest with others. And I think if you, if you have that at the core in, in, your, in any relationship, obviously, right, trust and honesty is going to be key. So obviously that's going to be true um, with your spouse. So I think just being honest, not, not really holding things back. And yeah, there's ways 
to say things and you got to watch your tone and things like that. Mm-hmm. But, um, but be honest, be honest, share what you really feel, share what you really think and, and talk it out together and, um, and have, have be able to talk about anything and have those conversations and really get to know um, the heart of, of your wife and, and really seek the heart of your wife and really pursue the heart of your wife. And I'm talking to myself now, just like I, I'm talking to anybody. Mm-hmm. Is that um, it's, it's an area I know I need to work on more, but I need to be reminded of it more. And, and when I'm reminded of it, then it, it's like, yes, that is right. I need to pursue her heart. And what does that mean? Well, one practical thing that I've learned in doing the blog, the reason I do this blog that I do, this CatholicFamilyMen.com, is because I need some help. So I figure, who are the best husbands and fathers out there? So I'm looking for some mentors. And yeah, I don't have, a, I guess, a ton of mentors in my earthly life that, um, that I can go to. That's probably my fault for not being as vulnerable as I should be um, in my relationships and, and seeking those things out. But um, I found some great mentors in the saints. So men who, um, who share the same vocation as me, the same earthly vocation, saints who have been husbands and fathers. And so I just thought, well, if I can kind of look at their lives and try to find an example um, or two from their, their lives that, that might be helpful to me, um, and that maybe that might be helpful to others. So I figured I'm going to do it for myself anyway, throw a blog up there, see if it's helpful to anybody else. And, and one practical point is that celebrating your anniversary celebrating your anniversary. The saint was um, Blessed Frederick Ozenum, the founder of the St. Vincent de Paul Society. He had this thing where he would always just celebrate um, the wedding anniversary every month. Every month he would know the date they were married, which was the 23rd of each month. And he would circle it. You know, I don't know if he would circle it on his calendar. That's what I, that's kind of what I took away from it is I'm going to circle this date on my calendar every month. And now it's more of just, I remember it. It's one of those things where you mm-hmm. see, you know, as the month's going on, you, you look at the, the date and, and, you're, and you're thinking about it. Oh, when's that date coming up? And you just rec- I'm just recalling it now as the habit's forming more and more. And, um, and so as that day comes, um, you prepare for it sort of mentally. What, what can I do? And usually, yeah, something really small. You, it doesn't have to be wild, but um, just maybe some flowers or maybe a card or something just to say, I remember I remember this. Like I, I, just something in the action there of just showing, like I care about you, care about your heart, and, and I know that, that you will appreciate this. And it's been fruitful. So, From a woman's uh, point of view, yeah. I, would, I think so. I think that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it. I wanted to share with, um, with the listeners a few things that are so helpful in my marriage that Mike and I have kind of cultivated over the years and or even just found in the last couple of years, things that have helped me feel pursued and loved and really given me a lot of peace as a wife in our marriage. So one of them is that um, it came after Mike and I uh, joined the domestic church. It's a lay movement for Catholic married couples. It's still very small in the U.S. I do have a podcast episode on it and I think a blog post. So you guys are definitely welcome to go check that out. I'll put it in the show notes. The podcast but, on that is awesome, by the yeah. way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It it really is. Um, it's just a fantastic gift for my marriage. But part of the domestic church, one thing that you commit to doing, and not in a weird way, like they kick you out if you don't do it. It's just, it's something that's good for your marriage that you say, this is a good, and we will commit to it for the good of our marriage, is a monthly couple dialogue is what they call it. And so we meet 
once a month, we go out to a a back corner table at a restaurant right by our house, and we usually share a dessert. But we bring a list of things that we need to talk about, things that flare up during the course of the month or every month or, you know, over years, ongoing problems, things that just came up, things we need to talk about and make decisions on. And we share a cup of coffee or Michael gets a drink and we go through it. And with um, with God there, we pray before we do it. We both have a calm heart and a, a right heart. We have a spirit and a heart disposed to the conversation. And let me tell you, that gives, at least from my point of view, it gives me such a great peace about our marriage that we are being proactive like that. And really, guys, any any kind of way that you can show that you are being proactive about your marriage, about trying to be a good husband, trying to communicate better, trying to get better in some way. Even if you, I know reading books is not, you know, or listening to talks is kind of, I don't know, maybe the age old funny that the wife always wants you to read or do something, right? (laughs) But at least that's my marriage. But if you just say, oh, I'll read that chapter for you every once in a while, or if you commit to doing something like a couple dialogue, it really means so much and it gives a great piece to your wife. So I wanted to share those two things that Michael and I do that have been awesome for us. Also, even just thinking about going on a marriage retreat of some kind every once in a while or taking the reins on once a year, once every couple of years, going on a little weekend anniversary trip or something so that your wife doesn't feel like a leader in romance or a leader in um, in spirituality for all of your marriage because I sometimes it's easy to let us do it maybe because we want to do it so so really encourage you guys to work on that for sure I've seen I've heard people say before oh those Catholics they're always so down on their on themselves and it's all about serve 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 and sacrifice sacrifice and give and give and you know they don't take care of themselves and that's just not realistic what would you say is the truth to that yeah wow yeah, that's really interesting. I love stuff like that, where the world sees something and the gospel is like the total opposite, and yeah. you look at how they come into conflict, and you, and you kind of get to the wisdom of it. And, and yeah, it's a real choice. It's a real path. Which way are you going to go? And, and yeah, there can be truth in that. There can be truth that, um, you know, somebody could be could be really beating themselves down and and serving in ways that they're really not called to and i think that is something to to watch out for that can be a danger for one who has a good desire to go and serve temperance and everything so even a good thing can be can be overdone and so yeah you have to be aware if you're if you're burnt out in life then you got to take a look at at what you're doing and maybe pull back from something even good things so of course you know you have to be prudent about that stuff and be prayerful about it and be yeah thinking of thinking about it in in a um, in an honest way being honest with yourself about it so you don't yeah you don't want to go too far you don't want to burn out you don't want to you don't want to go in that direction. That's true. And you um, want to be but, able to, like, I, I I, want people to know, I think it's important for people to see Catholics, like, it's okay to have a hobby, and it's okay for a father right. to go maybe be on, like, like Michael does, he always does a softball team in the summer sure. with our parish, mm-hmm. you know, and have things that they do, go out for drinks with his friends, yeah. and, mm-hmm. and um, so I think it's important that we 
allow ourselves to have some recreation because even like mother Teresa's order or all, you know, a lot of religious orders, maybe all of them, I guess I can't say for sure, but they have scheduled in free time, recreation time during the day. So I think it's important to note that it, it it isn't all serve, serve and sacrifice. There's a lot of that if you're doing it right, but there's also definitely a space where you do need to take care of yourself and sometimes make that a priority so that you can be, better for your family, you know? And then as far as the, I was thinking when we were talking about prayer life and a spiritual life, you know, for a a father, um, that some guys, unlike you who may not be, you know, you're maybe more academic than some of the listeners. Um, I know, for example, Michael, my husband, probably has never opened the catechism just to read it. (laughs) But he does so well whenever he has he's challenged to give his faith away. And so joining some kind of ministry, maybe at church or a men's prayer group or RCIA or um, something like that, I think that can be really helpful to jumpstart some people's faith life again or, you know, help keep it going for different seasons. Um, I've definitely seen that in Michael, and I tried to encourage that. So there's just such a range of of what's helpful and what and how God can keep you drawn into himself, I think. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and if I can just speak to one thing real quick that I think is important in that area is that, uh, especially on the Right Heart podcast, which is, um, yeah, I think if somebody's in a, in a spot right now where they're struggling, I know, this. you know, when I get in a spot where I'm just really struggling, maybe, you know, it's, I don't, for whatever reason, you know, I, I just feel like when you need sort of a renewal, like think about the question of where, where does my relationship with God come alive? And, and even if that's too big of a question or that's not really where you're at, to say, where does my heart come alive in a good way, like really alive, like a goodness and, and, and a life? And um, maybe it's you go to the beach. You know, a lot of times it's nature for for us you know yeah. there's something in nature there's something in the beauty of nature that awakens something in the heart um, but go where your heart comes alive and spend some, and then seek the lord there you know that's a that's a good thing he, he will meet you he will meet you there um so yeah i, I say there there you know you, you have to have a a rightly ordered life and Probably none of us do that perfectly, but but that should be the goal. And yeah, there has to be some good recreation time, and there has to be all of all of that. The life of the heart is, is a rich, a rich life. And um, and yeah, you know, love God and, and, and seek the good, and, and try to um, try to just keep moving forward in that, and 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 do your best to yeah keep keep thinking about those questions and, and trying to seek what is right order and, and how can I keep moving forward. But, um, but I think it is good to say, well, um, let's not be, let's not, let's not beat ourselves up too bad. You know, if we, um, if we feel like we're not praying as much as we should or serving as much as we should, let's, let's, let's try to, to find that right order in it. Sometimes it, 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 yeah, sometimes I guess it is fair to say we could be, um, overthinking it or, 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 or thinking that we're supposed to be doing more um, than we can do or that we should do. So, mm-hmm. yes, good discernment and everything, absolutely. 
You know, one thing that came to mind, too, is um, I don't know what you and Becky do, but Mike and I do try to pray together every day. Mm. And it's not something even now after years of it that's super comfortable, especially for Michael. But it's something that is super life giving for our marriage. And I know that um, and I and I tell Michael this, too that I, I really believe that God multiplies our efforts and he honors them. You just can't outgive God whenever you give him something that makes you a little bit uncomfortable. So, um, so couple prayer, praying with your spouse, I think is so, so important. Even if before you go on a date, just once, maybe go for every time eventually, but even just once say, let's go pop into adoration before we go out to dinner or whatever you're doing, because you don't have to talk to anyone but God in adoration, right? But it is just, it's such a a rich, maybe intensified prayer in there. And, um, And then I do think that spiritual conversation flows more naturally and more easily after you've been to adoration together. There's just something very intimate about going to adoration together, praying together, sharing what's on your heart, being vulnerable in that way, um, sharing intentions, what you're scared about, what you're worried about, what you're happy about. Um, And again, that is another thing that really draws the heart of your wife towards you and gentles her heart towards you whenever you are vulnerable with her in prayer. And I know it's helped Mike and I get through some very, very difficult times in our marriage by him being such a man to pray out loud and share whatever's on his heart with me. One thing that I I, I found helpful for a season that we did was um, reading the Psalms, just reading reading one Psalm together, praying through a Psalm and then just just talking about it because, you know, um, there can be a struggle sometimes. Sometimes it's, it's, it's the husband. Sometimes it's the wife. I mean, who knows? It, 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 there can just be a struggle sometimes. And I think sharing the heart that that can be mm-hmm. difficult to, to learn that vulnerability and to share. And so the Psalms are great because they're, they're rich in the interior life of, of the heart, the interior life of the soul, which is what we're talking about. So, um, you get that wide range of, um, of experiences coming out in the Psalms. And so, um, while someone may not feel very free to maybe pray um, spontaneous words, to, to pray the psalm together, it, I think you can, you can find a psalm that pretty much expresses anything. So at times, instead of um, yeah, trying to, I guess, pray spontaneously, she would spend a little time looking in the psalms. I'd spend a little time looking in the psalms, and we would come back together in the end, and she would have a psalm that is best kind of expressing her in that moment, and I would have a psalm that kind of is, is best expressing me in that moment, and we would just kind of pray those psalms together, and um, and that was helpful. That was that was, that was a good a good practice for a time. So it's beautiful. Yeah. And then I know we prayed lots and lots of novenas over the years together, and those are great because it's you know they have it out for you. We just you know do it on our phone. I usually find it on our phone and take it out every night before bed. But that's great, too, to help. Um, really, you say you're going to pray about things and you're discerning things as a couple, right? But I feel like, at least for the bigger things, it really gives you kind of like a piece that you're doing all that you can to pray about something. A job change, a move, a, you know, being open to life or this change or this relationship. And so novenas have been helpful, too. And usually there's like one little part in there where they say, you know, insert intention here, petition here. And um, 
I know that I think that that was a good little gateway exercise into saying our intentions out loud. I think at the beginning was having to say what was on both of our hearts, what we were praying for. Yeah, that's great. That's great. And in the in the end, it's just. I mean, there, there's so many. Uh, the, the treasure of our faith is so amazing. There, there are the the prayers, the the life of prayer of, of the church is so vast. It's like, it's just amazing. So uh, in the end, it's just like you know, just just make sure that you do it. You know, I mean, there's so many different ways you can go about it. But but in the end, um, I think the main thing is having that, that right, the way you talk about it on the podcast, I love the approach that you take where it's, it's the right, the right mind basically, mm-hmm. you know, that is speaking to the heart, that is continuing to, to speak the truth to the heart, regardless of how we might be feeling, because we can feel like something is true and we could be convicted feeling like something's true, even when it's not. I know recently I kind of felt like I'm all alone in this, feeling like I was all alone in something. The truth was I wasn't all alone in it, but it sure felt like I was all alone in it. Mm-hmm. And so um, getting back to the truth of it and just, um, yeah, the, the understanding that, um, that, that, that that life of prayer is going to be fruitful one way or another and that there's really no wrong way to do it as long as you're sincerely trying to um, to lift your mind and your heart to God. Jim, I'm going to go ahead and thank you so much for coming on the show. This is a fantastic episode. I really enjoyed talking to you, and I think that listeners are going to uh, really get a lot out of your humble wisdom and your ch- the charity and just everything that um, that you shared with us tonight. So thank you so, so much again. Absolutely. Yeah. Keep up the great work. And um, yeah, just I'm, I can't say enough about how great the podcast is. And it was a real blessing to be a part of it with you. So thank you. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And I want to thank each and every one of you who have given this podcast a chance, who've written a review on iTunes or Stitcher, who've shared the show with your family and friends. If you have been blessed by the right heart, sharing the show with others and also leaving a review uh, really is the way to pass it on, to pass on the blessing that you've received through the grace of God uh, through this very small piece of the new evangelization. St. Maximilian Colby, Pope St. John Paul II, pray for us. Immaculate Heart of Mary, pray for us. Until next time, God bless.